Okay, so the last episode, I'm going to read the blurb of the last episode. I'm actually just going to read the, the second half of it. Quote, Having endlessly used the words soul, ego, mind, spirit, etc., what has come out of the wash in this episode is the idea that I should probably work towards concretizing them and picking words that best describe what I'm talking about once and for all. A bold fucking statement. Oh yeah, just, just fucking settle on better words for anyone get on with. But you see, the thing is, it's not that fucking straightforward. And I'm going to try and exercise a few things that's rattling around my head in relation to trying to get to the bottom of the words that I'm going to use instead of soul and ego or spirit and mind and the like. Now, I don't expect to to finalise it in this episode by any stretch of the imagination, but I am looking to, to exercise some thoughts. And again, I've said this before, when I, ter- when I use the term exercise in this context, I'm not talking about a kettlebell workout. I'm talking about the power of Christ compels you. So there's another couple of names that I want to throw out here. People who've thought long and hard about the things that I generally are speaking about or have been speaking about. The first up is a guy called Carl Jung. And he spoke of what I'm talking about in terms of the unconscious and the conscious. Okay, so the unconscious would be the spirit soul realm and the conscious would be the the mind thinking realm. And as far as I'm concerned, or sorry, not as far as I'm concerned, as far as I'm aware they're essentially synonyms. He's talking about exactly the same stuff that I'm talking about. Now, I'm using the term exactly very fucking loosely here because I'm no student of Carl Jung. I haven't studied Carl Jung. I haven't read any of his books and I haven't listened to a whole pile of him directly because he lived a very long time ago and there's not that much uh, good quality stuff for me to consume, audio stuff, because I'm not a reader. I've never been a reader. I'm not ruling out reading in future but you one of my fucking little taglines is oh you might have heard of this guy he wrote a great book that i haven't read and the best indicator of future performance is past performance so the likelihood of me ever having the fucking time or inclination or patience to sit down and read either young's books or anybody else's books is slim to fuck all having said that i am relatively aware of his whole shtick So he used the term unconscious and conscious. And as I understand it, there are synonyms for the way I've been speaking about the soul and the mind or the spirit and the ego. The ego itself is actually a Jungian term, I think. But anyway, so in Carl Jung's unconscious, again, my understanding of it, this ain't no degree course. My understanding of it is that that's the realm of dreams, psychedelic experiences. It's all pictures. It's not it's specifically not language. And then the conscious would be specifically language and thought and articulated speech. In the unconscious, the unconscious is going to be moved by music, by drama, by art generally. And it's that that part of us, it's, it's the emotive, unconscious side of us. It's the feeling part of us as opposed to the thought part of us. And then the conscious side, again, is thought, thinking, anything that's in language. Okay. So that's Jung out of the way to a degree. He used unconscious and conscious. Now the next guy I'm going to quote is a guy called uh, Ian McGilchrist, another one of my boyfriends. Now he wrote a great book I haven't read called The Master and His Emissary. Now the master in this context, you can equate master to boss, lord, king, dictator, president. The master is the, the, the guy at the top of the pyramid basically, the king for all intents and purposes. So the book was called uh, The Master and His Emissary. 
and emissary is not that well known a word I certainly didn't know it until I had to look it up having heard the title of his book and the definition that the internet is throwing up here is quote a person sent as a diplomatic representative on a special mission end quote so his book is called The Master and His Emissary and Master and Emissary in this context are synonyms for the right and left hemisphere of our brain Okay, so we're going to get a little bit more technical than usual. Our brains are divided. If you've ever seen a picture of a human brain or if you've been lucky enough to hold an animal's brain, most, if not all, animals have this halving, basically. It's almost as though if you make two closed fists there now in front of you, close both of them, push them together, they're connected at the bottom, basically. They're hinged almost. And they're hinged in the brain via what's called the corpus callosum. And the corpus callosum joins the two hemispheres. Now, with the right brain and the left brain, the first thing I have to clear out of the way is a bit of something that's kind of gripped the national consciousness of people. People seem to think that the right side of the brain is where creativity is, where dreams is. And the left side of the brain is the more hard-nosed, mathematical end of things and the language-driven things. Now, I want to stress something because people get this wrong endlessly and it pisses the fuck out of everybody who knows anything about the brain. The left side of the brain and the right side of the brain, both of those things work in harmony with each other all the goddamn time. You might hear that language is in the right side of the brain and creativity is in the left side of the brain or whatever and there's a certain amount of truth to that there's a lot of truth to that but what I need to get across and what I need to just hammer hammer home for my own fucking sanity is that you use both sides of your brains both sides of your brain all the goddamn time and the brain is best visualized as a single piece although it is split importantly in two and there are important distinctions now There is a lot of crossover between my idea of the mind and the soul and the right and left hemisphere. So for all intents and purposes, the right side of the brain is the more creative side. So that's the realms of dreams, that's the realms of psychedelic experience, that's the emotion side of you. Now this comes with a big, giant, broad-sweeping generalisation alert. And the left side of the brain then is the more thinking part, the more language-based part. The more, the more technical part. So you could, although I'm not making this statement, but you could say that the soul or whatever it is that I'm talking about, that I'm naming the soul, is in the right hemisphere and the, the ego or the mind or the thought is in the left hemisphere. Broadest of broadest of broadest broad sweeping generalization alert. And as I said, the corpus callosum joins the two of them, which has me thinking again about autism. And about what I've said crosses the mind-soul barrier. So, autistic people, again, generally speaking, they tend to take things literally. So they don't get metaphor and they don't get hyperbole. If you tell somebody with autism that you were on top of your head, they'd think that you were upside down. If you told them that you drank a skip full of beer they'd be trying to get their head around how you could possibly drink a skip full of beer. Now, again, this isn't in all cases, but it's a a generalisation. 
but from my own way of thinking and the way I've been talking about this, the, it's the crossover thing that I want to, to nail down here. So I wonder, and I'd love to speak to somebody who actually knew a little bit more about autism and knew about how the brain works and could possibly maybe explain this to me or expand on my own thoughts on it. I'm wondering... Is it the case, and I'm posing this as a question because I'm most certainly not making it as a statement of any kind, shape or form. Is it the case, I'm wondering, that whatever causes autism has got to do with the corpus callosum? Has it got to do with the fibres that connect the left and right side of the brain? Because if we're to take it that the soul, for want of a better term, is in the right hemisphere and your mind or your thought or your more thinking side of yourself, the more analytical side of yourself, is in the left hemisphere. And if metaphor and hyperbole cross that barrier, to a certain degree you'd be forgiven for thinking that that crossover takes place in the corpus callosum. And if people with autism don't get hyperbole and metaphor, is it because the thing that's causing their autism, say, is that in the corpus callosum. Is there something... If, if there's something wrong with an autistic person, and again, the term wrong isn't a fucking great thing, but it's, it's, it's less than ideal, so we'll call it wrong for the fucking moment. Is what's wrong with an autistic person's brain something to do with the corpus callosum? Because as far as I can see it, that's where the, where the crossover between hemispheres is. That's where the crossover between this idea of mind and spirit or ego and soul takes place as best as I can see. Now again, as you might tell from how I'm kind of, I'm stumbling over my words a little bit and I don't have as much flow in this episode as I'd like, but as I've said in previous episodes, that's a sign that I'm struggling with something. And I should always be struggling with something because if I'm not struggling with something, I'm just rhyming it off. Now there's advantages of rhyming stuff off. It's good to to get that stuff out of you as well. But this in particular is me trying to work out a way forward, trying to work out what terms should I be using and should I be carrying on the same way as I have been by using half a dozen different interchangeable terms. Should I make up my own terms for the moment or should I just pick two that have been already there, such as the unconscious and conscious? And what's, what I'm thinking now, what's just coming out of the wash is I'm trying to define something by looking at something that's gone wrong in the case of somebody with autism. And you might say to yourself, well, that's a, a weird way of, of trying to figure something out. But that's essentially how we've learned about the different specialisations of the different areas of the brain. And we've learned a lot of that, if not practically fucking all of it, from brain damage. So people have got shot in their right hemisphere or shot in their left hemisphere or they've gotten cracked over the head with a hammer on the right side of their brain more so than their left side of the brain. And people have had all sorts of things have happened. There was one, um, a kind of a landmark case. There was a guy working on a railway and I think he was dynamiting something dynamiting a, a, pit of the, a bit of the way ahead of him and bang, the fucking explosion went off and it sent a bit of steel rebar. I, I think... I'll double check this actually. Bear with us two seconds. And I'm back in the room. Okay, so the dude's name was Phineas Page. Phineas is P-H-I-N-E-A-S and then Gage, G-A-G-E. 
I'd highly recommend you looking up the Wikipedia page in this, if nothing else, if not going down a bit of a rabbit hole. But I'm just going to read off the the first paragraph or so on the Phineas page on Wikipedia. Phineas, G, sorry, Phineas P. Gage, born in 1823, died 1860, was an American railroad construction foreman remembered for his improbable survival of an accident in which a large iron rod was driven completely through his head, destroying much of his brain's left frontal lobe, and for that injury's reported effects on his personality and behaviour over the remaining 12 years of his life. He fucking survived this shit. Back to the quote. Effects sufficiently profound, the friends saw him, for a time at least, as, quote, no longer gauge, end quote. Fucking fascinating. I'm going to throw up the, the image that I'm going to use as the thumbnail for this episode is a picture from the, the Wikipedia page where it shows an artist's impression of, of how this rod entered and exited his skull whilst remaining in place. It, it, it flew in one side and it came out the other side, but it was still poking out two sides of the man's fucking head. I'm going to read on here a little bit. Long known as the American crowbar case, once termed the case which more than all others is calculated to excite our wonder, impair the value of prognosis and even subvert our psychological doctrines. Phineas Page, sorry, Phineas Gage influenced 19th century discussion about the mind and brain, particularly debate on cerebri- cerebri- try that again, particularly debate on cerebral localization and was perhaps the first case to suggest that the brain's role in determining personality and that damage to specific parts of the brain might induce specific mental changes. Okay, so what that basically means is before this case, we didn't really appreciate that different parts of the brain did different things. Now, we fully appreciate that now, but it wasn't until the likes of this and other injuries that people have sustained that we realised what was going on. So we know that eyesight, vision, that's located in the back of your head. And that's the reason why you're not allowed hit at the back of the head in the UFC, because you can go blind. If you get a bad enough whack on the back of the head, it can blind you. It doesn't damage your eyes. It damages the part of your brain that processes what your eyes see. And I can go one step further and one step even weirder. weirder. There's a process called a a hemispherectomy, I think it's called. I stand to be corrected on that. But it's essentially the removal of one of the hemispheres of your brain. That's one half of your brain. And people who have this procedure done, it's usually due to people suffering from epileptic seizures. Now, when I say suffering from epileptic seizures, I mean they're having 50 of them every day. So their their life isn't worth living. And what can be done, there's two things that I think that are commonly done, or at least used to be commonly done. One is that the corpus callosum, the fibres that separate each hemisphere, that gets cut. Another one is a complete hemispherectomy. So one entire side of the brain, either the left or the right, is completely removed which in and of itself is just fucking mind-blowing. But I'm not going to do a deep dive in this because I'm coming to the end of this episode. I might save this for another one. But on the having their corpus callosum split, the fucking fascinating thing about that is each hemisphere is deemed to be independently conscious. So you can ask the left hemisphere a question. Like you can ask the left hemisphere do you believe in God? And it'll say no. And then you can ask the right hemisphere, do you believe in God? And it'll say yes. This is in the same person. 
So talk about fucking having a split personality. It's almost as though there are two independent consciousness in the one skull, in the one body, when you sever the corpus callosum, the thing that joins the two hemispheres. Now, typically, they're not severed. Typically, that's the thing that connects them. So it'd make you wonder, do we all have two separate consciousnesses, but that they work together? Again, in line with my thoughts on blue and yellow making green, and when combined, they're more than the sum of their parts. You have continuity in your separate consciousnesses. And in closing, this episode was, I suppose, a way for me to try and tie in half a dozen different things from half a dozen different people in an effort to concretize the words that I'm using. But you can see, I'm sure, that it's not exactly that straightforward. You can't just pick pick a word or pick somebody else's word because if you pick somebody else's word, you're kind of buying into whatever it is that they say. And in order to buy into everything else that they say, you need to know what all the things that they've said, and I don't. I'm trying to make this up essentially as I go along. And on that note, I'll chat to you tomorrow.